Welcome to 1989, inside the diary of a wannabe radio announcer. My name is Benjamin Wosley. You may remember me from my work as Giggling Ben on Hamish and Andy. Hang on, stop, stop, everybody, stop. I think, I think Giggling Ben went to play, <laughs> went to play a crowd. Or even Bad Boy Ben with The Vixen back in the 90s. It's the PMFM Top 30 with Bad Boy and The Vixen and joining us from the UK really early in the morning. It's Billy. But way before any of that, when I was 19 in 89, I moved from the seclusion of my bedroom at my parents' house in Adelaide all the way to the isolated Western Australian mining town of Caratha to start work as a radio announcer at a little station called 6KA. My godmother gave me a diary to write down every momentous occasion and I actually did it. And now, 30 years later, I'm going to find out how weird... Arrogant, lame, self-absorbed, dorky, inexperienced and closeted the 19-year-old version of me was. To hold my hand while we navigate almost 365 days worth of embarrassment and a call in my family, my friends, people that were there, people that have known me for nearly 30 years, strap yourselves in. It's going to be an embarrassing ride. I'm Benjamin Wosley. Welcome to 19 in 89. Yeah, and welcome back inside the pages of the most underwhelming diary in recorded history. Some would wonder why it's actually being added into the realms of history at all. But shut up, what else am I going to do with it? Uh, Anyway, we should always check in with what songs were making their debut on the Top 50 chart. This time around, it includes U2 featuring B.B. King, When Love Comes to Town, the, the, The Beaten Generation and The Reynolds Girls. I'd rather Jack, and I don't even remember them, but whatevers. This is probably their first shout out in a podcast history ever. Uh, But I did do some research for you. Um, It's Stock, Atkin and Waterman again, and it was apparently a protest tune that they created in response to their acts being ignored by mainstream radio and music awards shows, and it was a way to launch a protest, I suppose. I haven't listened to it, but apparently it's not very good, so up to you. Hey, 1989 was a huge year for protests and revolutions of a much more significant type. In May of 89, we were still six months away from the fall of the Berlin Wall on November 9. So David Hasselhoff was ages away from claiming it was all because of his music. In all truth, it was mostly inspired by a series of revolutions in uh, nearby Eastern Bloc countries, Poland and Hungary in particular, and it helped usher in the end of the Soviet Union and the Cold War too. But the Hoff did have a hit in West Germany called Looking for Freedom in 1988, and it kind of became an anthem and helped him secure a gig at the Brandenburg Gate on New Year's Eve in 1989, which of course... In true 80s style, he did in a black jacket complete with built-in flashing white lights and a piano keyboard scarf. It was so chic. So what you'd expect from the Hoff, and you should Google it and have a watch. It's hysterical. Coming up, Cindy and I get all deep and meaningful and talk our futures, childhood, love, the world, war, and so many other things that teenagers have no idea about but think they're totes experts on. I get some feedback from my program director, Richie, which includes words like uh, funny, idiot and think very carefully so basically 19 year old me is screwed i also watch a lot of television and i meet kevin bloody wilson so peak 80s australia is easily reached tell me flick through the pages of another week of entries let's usher in another one of my besties who is that who is that who is that who is that it's natalie hi hi, hi gorgeous <laughs> Well, it doesn't really work on a podcast. 
podcast, doesn't no, it? No, no one can see the wave, but at least you voiced that you were doing that, so now we all know. Yeah, it's audio inscribed. So. I'm so excited to have you on this. <laughs> oh, no, I've been waiting. It's like I'm working on the You've Been Saving the Best Till Last theory. <laughs> that is the truth, actually. Uh, there are references to Natalie in my diary, but for some reason they don't really happen until the end of the year, like uh, December, I think. But, I know, like you haven't said anything about, you know, like how we actually first met each other. How uh, I met over a, a t-shirt <laughs> in a shopping centre in a store. <laughs> Stopped with Jag clothing. <laughs> God, I miss that store. It was such a good shop. <laughs> well, we should for anyone listening. Natalie worked at a store in Karatha called Om Bazaar which is the most hilarious name I've ever heard. And it was like the coolest store in the smallest country town ever. But I figured there were lots of mining wives with lots of disposable cash. So you guys would have been really popular, wouldn't you? Oh, my God. Well, the owner started selling um, imported Persian carpets from her house and it built into the store. So full of clothing. And we were one of the largest JAG sellers in Australia of the the label JAG. And we also sold Guerlain Cosmetics. We were the only Clinique counter outside a department store. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was very bizarre and on bizarre. Uh, on bizarre, I think that's why the name came out. And she branched into all sorts of amazing homewares and things like uh, Japanese crystal and yeah, and you um, also had like the coolest nine. watches as well. Oh, look, we had fossil watches coming out of our ears and asses. <laughs> fossil watches, fossil wallets. So we had so many great things in there. And, you know, it wasn't only the well-off mining town wives. We had South African Airways staff would come up and they'd oh. go, we heard you had a sale on, so we'd come in to have a look. So, oh, my you know, God. They'd come from South Africa to, you know, because and they'd heard about the sale. And so we'd get flight crews coming in as well. That so is so freaky. Was, yeah, well, where else could you buy Japanese crystal? We had people coming from Japan to buy our crystal because the crystal was cheaper here than it was in Japan. So <laughs> sales. I think two of the glasses I've got, that Jan Swan gave me for my, I think she gave them to me for my 21st, uh, from the Japanese crystal from your store. Yeah, the Sasaki crystal. That's it, it, yes. Yeah. And it's like... And we also had uh, Stuart crystal as well. And, yeah, right. And Bodum. I remember selling so much Bodum, all the coffee plungers and things. So oh, I love so that. Because I never got one after all that time. Krill. So, <laughs> yeah, I did spend a lot of my, pretty much all of my wages in that shop, though. So, yeah. you know, I gave back a lot. I so, think I spent a lot of my wages in that store as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you became the number one JAG t-shirt and shirt buyer from there. Thank <laughs> Which I think is the original reason you walked into the store in the first place. Yeah, well, I remember I just... seeing you walk past through the shopping centre because we were like in the centre of the shopping centre at that stage, and we could see everyone going past all the time. And I remember seeing you a couple of times walking past and going, "Who's that? I like the look of him. He's got a Jag T-shirt on. I want him to be my <laughs> friend." So, and then you walked in one day, and the rest is history. Yeah, if anyone's been following me on Instagram, you will note that all the photos from the '80s, I seem to have a Jag men. T- T-shirt on in virtually every single one of them. And, uh, and I pretty much told him every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I said to Natalie the other day on Messenger that I think I must have stood out like a sore thumb. And you replied. You did. 
I was an easy mark. <laughs> well, apparently, it might have been your emotionalness, as uh, Brendan put it the other day. <laughs> uh, that's code for something, I think. <laughs> so, do you actually do you actually remember when we actually met? Or because I don't remember, I just know you appeared in my life in the diary. Natalie from On Bazaar. Natalie from On Bazaar. I know. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Like, I do remember you coming into the shop and I do remember thinking, yes, I want that boy to be my friend because I like the look of him. But I don't remember how he... And then we were like friends and I was pretty much at your place every weekend and sleeping in your bed every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but never in doing a anything. friendship-only way. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we should touch on, that I was a, an utter homophobe. Like, you said that you really loved me but you couldn't deal with my homophobia. <laughs> I know. This is. It was funny because I was listening to Brendan and Helen, and hi guys, thanks for remembering me. I remember you so well. Hopefully, we'll catch up again soon. Oh, uh, but yeah, I remember Brendan saying something about you know he thought that we were getting it on, but even though I was sleeping in your bed every weekend and we hung out all the time, I wasn't attracted to you. I really adored you, but you were just too like up till that stage. Up till I went to like. Bogan Karatha, um, all my friends were gay and you were such a homophobe yeah. that it just really turned me off. So. <laughs> I know. And I know for a fact. I'm like, I can't like him. He's such a homophobe. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want anyone to think I was gay. So I thought if I, now when I meet a homophobe, I just go, oh, she protests a bit too much, doesn't she? <laughs> but I do distinctly remember coming out to you when I was 26 and you laughed in my face because you thought, is this another one of your jokes, Ben? <laughs> Well, I don't know if I told you at this stage because this is when you'd come back from Brisbane. Yeah. And yeah, I was living I met in Perth. And you'd become friends with Evie. And, um, hi, Evie. And, <laughs> and she was so cool. I remember meeting Evie and I'm thinking, something's changed about Ben. And it's really cool. And I'm actually attracted to him now. He just seems more comfortable with himself and in himself. And, and then I remember you, I'm like, this is really embarrassing. I don't know how to tell someone that I've liked that I'm actually attracted to them now. What do I do? I'm very confused. And then you came up to me and said, I've got something to tell you. I'm gay. And I went, yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> and then he went, no, seriously, I'm gay. And I'm like, Oh, my God. And, Ben, I have been really totally surprised and floored by people about three times in my life. So, and that was one of them. <laughs> yes. I win at everything. <laughs> and, you know, this is what I don't understand is I have gay men gravitate to me. I am like the safe zone for gay men in a country town. Yeah. You know, like all my friends are gay. Whether I want to or not, they just sort of we gravitate towards each yeah. other. You know, like safe harbour here. <laughs> and I just didn't, even though we gravitated to each other, it just did not register. My gaydar did not go off with you at all. And oh I find that really odd. <laughs> No. I was a master of illusion. You were. You should have gone into acting. I shut down your gaydar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like we've reminisced enough and we should get stuck into this diary. Are you ready to have at it? Let's go. Right. Yay. All right. Let's uh, take in Sunday, May 7. This is written at 2.04am. Hi. Going to sleep a bit earlier today. Ha ha. In capitals. <laughs> Got up at about 9.30 today. Watched television until 11. Once again, 
stock standard with the timing. Showered, got down to the station. Mark was on air and Jan was down doing some ads. My shift from midday till 6pm went really well. Bradley came over, stayed for a while. Cindy came down just before 5, recorded some ads, then she went home, came back at quarter to 6. I stayed with her until her shift was finished. We had a big talk about our futures, childhood, love, the world, war, governments, friends, family, everything. It was just full on from one subject to another. It was great. My God, it would have been insanely boring. Uh, got home 12.30 or thereabouts. Watch television with Mark until now. See ya to 11am. I love that Cindy's meant to be on air and we just had a DNM for six hours. <laughs> But I remember going to the station and having big chats with you in between you pulling and pushing in carts into the machine, <laughs> queuing up your reel-to-reels. And... Yeah. I love how brazen we were at just letting anyone and everyone come and hang out in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can't get into a radio station unless it's authorised, your photo's been taken, you've signed in at reception because they're so paranoid about terrorism and all that sort of stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? golden age then weren't we we really were we were very lucky <laughs> not to mention you're like a super techno whiz now because you know how to use carts and reel to reels. so <laughs> i don't know if that's true <laughs> all right let's take in monday may 8 this was written at the uh usual time of 3 31 a.m hello got up today about 11 30 watch television showered it's like a repeat repeat every day <laughs> got to work just before two had quite a few commercials to do finished them all just before 4 30 listen to the 1988 golden stylus awards till about five oh, i used to love that it was like an award show for uh, radio commercials and um, they would send out audio cassettes of all the winners and I would froth out over amazing writing in the little commercials. Uh, <laughs> went home, ate tea, back to the station. Shift from six till midnight went well. Maybe slightly boring. <clears throat> Richie talked to me today. He said that I had to think very carefully of what I said. Sometimes the things I've said are very funny, but other times I sounded like an idiot. <laughs> I didn't realise I was sounding stupid, so I have to be careful. See ya, 3.37am. Story of my radio career being stupid. <laughs> I love that I sounded like an idiot. That has been my modus operandi for the entire career of my radio life. Yeah, but look at the people who were judging you. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Spilling the tea, Natalie. I think your version of idiot is probably better than theirs. Yeah. So. 100%. I totally agree. <laughs> All right, this is Tuesday, May 9. It was written at 2.13am. Hello. God, every day this week, hello starts it off. Well, today, though, did... Oh, oh my God. Okay, this is... I'm going to press this button before I even read it. You ready? Hello. Well, today, thou did getteth uppeth at O. Oh, roughly 12. It was wonderfully... Dot, 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 annoying. Huh? What? Anyway, I showered, ate, tidied up a bit, got to work just before two, did some commercials, wrote a couple, recorded a few more. Oh, just casually. Generally worked my butt off. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Got home just after 4.30, prepared myself some tea. Got back to the station about a quarter to six. This entire entry is just time checks. (laughs) Shift from six till midnight went well. 
Bradley came over for a while and Glenn telexed from 3WM for a couple of minutes. Telexed. I know. I have no idea what that is anymore. I get the idea what a telex is, but apparently not only did I get them, but I sent them as well. So bizarre. Oh, bless technology. Yeah. Oh, so analogue. I got home just after 12.30 and watched the big gig. Now I'm going to sleep. See ya. 2.21am. How good was the big gig? Oh, man, I miss the big gig. That was the golden age of Australian comedy. It really was, wasn't it? Oh, that was where the dugouts and the all-stars got there. Yeah, and Wendy Harmer used to host, which was like huge, a female comedian hosting a comedy show. It was live. Um, it used to have... Um, who were the other comedians on that show? I can't think of any of their names. There's the one who they did the backyard, the two ladies speaking over the backyard fence. Yeah, and oh. there was those two guys that used to do all the um, slapstick. Oh, okay, someone needs to Google the big gig and just go and read about all the comedians because that show was you know, friggin' awesome. The Dodgy awesome. Brothers? The no. Dodgy Brothers. That was one of the characters, I think. And one isn't of- that guy now he's on The Chase as one of the chasers? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's one of the brain trusts. Yes. <laughs> and Jean Kitson, that's the other woman. Thank you, that was her. She played the uh, one she was always hanging off ropes and loops. It was a candida. Yeah, that's right, the health fitness guru. Yeah, so gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Jean Kitson is now doing that squeaky gate um, olive oil commercial. Oh. And I was like, why is this woman not still on my TV? She's fantastic. Anyway. Oh, I love her. She's aged so well, too. She truly has. And still as funny as fuck, as per usual. They're all funny. They're hilarious. They they really were brilliant. And my favourite was Rod Quantock. But I think he was off in Australia standing in it, which was before the big gig. Oh, that was brilliant, too. He did a couple of appearances on there, I think. He would do hilarious tours and something involving a rubber chicken. Yes, he loved rubber chicken. He was a master. Uh, You need to go and investigate 80s comedy, basically, especially the Australian version. All right, this is Wednesday, May 10. It was written at 2.33am. Day off today, slept in till 12. Watched television, showered, went down to the station, borrowed Mark's car and went into town and did the shopping. Called mum, drove home, unloaded the shopping, drove the car back to the station. Walked to the phone box, called Nana, went home and cooked a roast dinner, cleaned up the house and made some zucchini slice to put in the fridge. Yum. Watch television and now I'm going to bed. See ya, 2.37am. I still love zucchini slice. (laughs) I love your roasts. They were amazing. Pan gravy. Thank you, Mum, for teaching me how to make pan gravy. Learn it. Your life will change forever. Uh, yeah, I haven't learned how to make it yet, and my life hasn't changed yet. Yeah, so yeah. I feel very sad and underprivileged because of that. I distinctly remember, and I can't remember who it was, but I remember living with someone back in Karatha who honestly believed that chicken stock cubes were made by getting baby chickens that were compressed into a, skew, a cube and was convinced you couldn't tell her otherwise. And also didn't understand how you could make a cake without a box mix of cake mix. And it just used to floor me. It's like, no, that's not how anything works. That definitely wasn't me. Even though I'm (laughs) a really crappy cook, it was not me. I just want to specify that. I know. It's definitely not Natalie. All right. (laughs) 
Not me. Not me. Not Natalie. Uh, Thursday, May 11. This was written at 1.58am. Shit. These early nights are very soul-destroying. <laughs> nah. Just jokes. Very boring day today. Got up at 12. Watched television. Washed all my dirty clothes. Ironed the clean ones. I was such an ironer back then. That's really dropped off since lockdown. <laughs> Are you even wearing pants at the moment? You don't know the truth. (laughs) (laughs) What goes on under the desk stays under the desk. Yeah. Want me to stand up? No, I'm kidding. No. (laughs) Went down to the station about 7.30 to get an email and my measly paycheck. (laughs) I love that I have to title it that, but it really was. You were disenchanted at 19 with your paycheck. Yeah, it's insane. I'm in radio. Who cares? Just pay me $2. (laughs) You're disappointed about your pay, but you're not disappointed about being in (laughs) Carrasco. Get your priorities right, you idiot. (laughs) Had a note saying that I had to copy check an ad at 10am tomorrow, so I stayed back and recorded it. That sounds typical. Uh, Got home about 8.30, watched telly, got hooked on this late night movie, and now I'm going to bed. No reference to what the movie was. See you tomorrow. Lots of love. 2.04am. Lots of love? What the hell? I've never said that. And we're into May 11? Oh, well. Apparently I'm in the love mode. Uh, P.S. It's 3.34am in Adelaide. My mum and dad are are asleep now. Ha ha ha. We hope. And then I've got question mark and three exclamation points. What the hell? Maybe you were hoping for a younger brother, another younger one. Oh, God. (laughs) My mother would have smashed it off with a frying pan. (laughs) Get off me, Graham. Now, Uh, hang on. Before we go any further, I just want to discuss your uh, really exact references to time there. 2.04 p.m., 1.58 I know. I was like, what's going on there with your time? I think what it was is I needed to fill this out. (laughs) (laughs) So, but also I've written it at 1.58. How do I bloody know that at 8.30 I went home or was I putting down little notes of what time I'm doing everything throughout the day? I know, I'm really concerned about this. It's like you have this minutiae of your life and I'm just wondering why. Yeah, why am I so OCD about the time? friends should be outraged. I am. (laughs) All right, let's move on then. Uh, (laughs) This is Friday, May 12, and it was written at 9.38 p.m. (laughs) Who cares, you moron? Today didn't get off to a good start. Set my alarm this morning, and I've written S-M-O-R-N-I-N-G. To go off at nine, giving me an hour to get up to work. Went off at 9, I turned it off and went back to sleep and woke up at 10.30. Finally got to work at 11, an hour late for work. (laughs) Did a couple of ads, rang mum just before 2 and had a chat. My shift from 2 to 6 was great, had lots of fun. After shift, I stayed back with Cindy and we ordered pizza for tea. Got home at about 8.30 and watched 21 Jump Street. Yes, now I'm going to bed. Breakfast tomorrow, see ya, 9.41am. Hang on. 
It's 9.41 p.m., loser. <laughs> Remember um, Johnny Depp in 21 Jump Street? That show was oh, the best. I loved him. <laughs> so 21 cool. Jump Street. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take in our final entry. It's Saturday, May 13, and this was written at 2.02 a.m. Well, it took me ages to get to sleep last night. I had really bad indigestion. That would be because I ate pizza and probably cheap-ass pizza. Um, felt like I was going to throw up all the time. Ooh, story of whenever I have pizza. Really bad pizza. <laughs> Got to the station by 5.15. My breakfast shift went fabo. Oh, you didn't know you were gay? <laughs> Everything travelled along nice and easy. After 12, I talked to Bradley for a while, then spoke to Mary. I met Kevin Bloody Wilson today. Nice guy. Very short. (laughs) Rang mum to wish them a happy 21st wedding anniversary. And I've written 21st wedding anniversary in all caps. Oh, aye. That means I wasn't born out of wedlock. Thank God. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that matters. Went home, slept till 6.30, watched telly, and now I'm going to bed. See ya, 2.06am. And that's us done. Oh, so that's... insightful. I mean, all those time calls in there, Natalie. <laughs> I know. I, I really think you need to analyse that and go <laughs> a little bit more and then what was it all about? Yeah. <laughs> yourself i think it's what we can take from these diary entries at the moment (laughs) what the hell were you thinking i really clearly wasn't thinking at all (laughs) i also want to know like i remember we watched so much television and you know like we did the whole netflix chill thing minus the sex and minus netflix because it wasn't invented then it was more like the video easy and chill wasn't it no it was jd's video city because it's in the diary Jaden Studio City and Chill. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that was our weekend, but I can't remember watching anything with you at no. all. Maybe the Goonies, perhaps, but uh, we, we watched so many funny things and I can't remember a single one of them. Yeah. Unless it's recorded in the diary, it didn't happen, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't record any of the things we watched. <laughs> Occasionally I do. I reference some things, but yeah, most of them are not even mentioned. 1.58am is very important. <laughs> Okay, this is a sticking point for now, clearly. (laughs) Uh, Baby, thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, it's been fun. I haven't told all the naughty things that I know about you, but yeah, it's been fun. (laughs) We need to do more episodes with you, so you'll have to save those for the next one, promise? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Hey, in the next episode, I'm going to make my mother cry and actually find it cute. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, I'm not actually a full tilt asshole. There's a method to my cuteness feels. I'll attend a quiz night, and despite my protest, get ploughed with free vodka and oranges. Bluck. I get excited when I get a personalised radio station sweeper that says my actual name and I fall asleep and miss a dinner party I was invited to. So it's just back-to-back engaging content again. Uh, Once again, too, we like to try and help raise Indigenous voices in every episode and this time around I want to spotlight Injalaka Arts. I hope I'm saying that right. They're an Aboriginal not-for-profit based in West Arnhem Land and they've actually been operating since 1989 too. They generate a livelihood for local people They also are a charity and a social hub and they offer a mentorship program for many young people in their community and are one of the only two fully Indigenous governed and continuously operated organisations in their town. They sell amazing Indigenous art, so many incredible fabrics, uh, fashion earrings, stunning woven baskets, gift vouchers, the list goes on. There are so many beautiful things for you to see and purchase and everything you buy helps the community. So if you're planning anything for Christmas or birthdays, you need to get your follow on. 
find them on Insta at I-N-J-A-L-A-K Arts or you can find them at injalaka.com. And once again, if I'm not saying that right, I apologise, but I am clearly a moron. Uh, thanks again to the daddy of the 1989 theme tune, the enigmatic DJ Dirtbag, and his cohort, Jezelenko, for all the other audio highlights I get to use. Uh, have you subscribed yet? Of course you have, but what about my review? Have you done that for me? Gosh, I hope so. If you haven't... Come on. If you have, I love you. Hit us up at 19in89 on Twitter or Insta and share us with your friends on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts. And until next step, I am loving you from here. Check you later. See ya. Bye.